Well, happy Thanksgiving. How many people have had your turkey already? How many people are glad you are not what you eat, right? How many people got turkey dinner today? Lift up your hand. I want to know what house we're going to today, Haviland. We're going to go there. We had ours last night, but we'll go to your house today and uh, enjoy. I'm just kidding. I want to give a shout-out welcome to our online church, people in our city, our nation, our province, and globally around the world that are joining in today. We're so glad that you've joined for our service, and we're just glad that you're a part of this today. How many people are now ready for God's Word? Are you ready for God's Word? Come on, are you ready for God's Word? We're, we're in for a real treat this morning. I'm going to walk you through some teaching this morning, and then I'm going to show you some cool pictures, share a few stories, then introduce a guest this morning that we're going to interview for a few moments, and then we're going to have our special Thanksgiving offering at the close of our service. Well, we're in an eight-part sermon series that we've been calling I Pray, and I want you to pull out your sermon notes. They are on the back of your bulletin, or you can pull them up on your handheld device, and we've been camping on the greatest prayer that has ever been taught And that is the prayer that Jesus taught, the Lord's Prayer. And it's found in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we began in the first Sunday looking at the prayer of connection. And we focused on the whole subject that the Lord is our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven. And then in the next message, we talked about uh, not just connecting with God, but recognizing who God is, the prayer of recognition. And we rediscovered that when you understand who God is... You are positioning yourself to receive what God can do in your life. And then week number three, what a great service. Everybody got a Kleenex. And we brought it to the cross, and we surrendered the white flag, and we talked about the prayer of surrender. And we zeroed in on that, that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And last Sunday, we jumped a little bit ahead, and we went to the prayer of cleansing, forgive us our debts. But today, everybody say today, today. We want to zero in on a six-word prayer. I want to call it today the the prayer of dependence, and it's the six words, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Can we say those words together? One, two, three. Give us today our daily bread. Let's say it again. Give us today our daily bread. We're going to zero in on all six of these words. First thing I want to share with you, number one, If you're looking at your notes, I want to talk to you about bread. I want to talk to you about bread. And I want to share with you that bread represents four things in the Bible. And when you study God's Word, you will discover that bread represents four things. And the four things are four needs that God can actually meet in your life. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is that bread can represent your physical needs. God wants to meet your physical needs. God is our provider. In fact, I think it was back in the 50s they coined money as being the dough or the bread. How many people are glad that God can meet your financial needs? Amen. God doesn't want to just meet your financial needs. He wants to clothe you and shelter you and feed you. He wants to meet your physical needs. And there's a great verse in Psalm chapter 37, verse 25, where the psalmist said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And then in Matthew chapter 6, we've got these great words that Jesus shared. Jesus said, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so then he says, don't worry. 
Don't worry, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. How many people are glad that our God meets our physical needs? That's the first thing that we see in God's Word about bread. Secondly, bread represents that He doesn't just meet our physical needs, but He meets our spiritual needs. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Way back in the Old Testament, the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness 40 years, and God sent supernatural bread from heaven. What was it called? It was called manna. You know what the word manna means? What is this? I mean, for 40 years, every day, what did they eat for breakfast? Manna. What did they eat for lunch? Manna. What did they eat for supper? Manna. What did they have for their bed night snack? Manna. I want you to picture the children getting up saying, Mom, what's for breakfast? She says, manna omelet this morning. Mom, what's for lunch? We're going to have manna stew. Mom, what's for supper? She puts a little Italian dish together. Manicotti. I mean, manna every single day. Every single day. Day, manna. But there's this cool verse in Deuteronomy chapter 8. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. But watch this, to teach you, I love this, that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The second need that God meets is your spiritual need. And bread, actually in the Bible, represents the Word of God. I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to lift up your hand, but you could answer it on the inside of you. Do you take time every day to eat from the bread of life, from the Word of God? There's life in the Word. There's a fresh Word in God's Word. Have you ever read a Scripture that you've read many times over, and God gives you a Word for that day from that Scripture? Isn't that cool when He does that? I mean, you could read Psalm 23, memorize it, but then read it again, and God brings something to life. I want to declare in this place that God wants to give you a fresh word from His Word today. And He wants to give that to you. It's just an amazing thought when you think about it. Spiritual food. Just as you need physical food for your body, you need spiritual food for your soul. And so in 2020, we're going to walk as a church on a journey, and we're going to lead you to reading the Bible in a year together. And we're going to show you stuff that you can, you can take part of, and we can together read God's Word. But then there's number three. Number three, your relational need. And we're going to discover that bread actually represents fellowship. Bread actually represents the body of Christ together. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ, is not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ, then verse 17, because there's one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. I've got a question for you, and it's going to be, it's a bit of a trick question, but here it goes. How many churches do you think are in the city of Ottawa? Do you care to guess? Shut it up. How many churches do you think are in the church of Ottawa, in, in the city of Ottawa? 100? 200? 300? You want the answer? One. One church. One church. I mean, I like Baskin and Robbins, 
And there's all different flavors of ice cream at Baskin and Robbins. And just for the record, my favorite ice cream at Baskin and Robbins is peanut butter and chocolate. And some of you are like, no, 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 I like this other kind. And it's all ice cream. Now, there's Baptist churches, there, there's, there's, there's Pentecostal churches, there's, there's churches of all different denominations. There's actually 750 expressions of church in Ottawa, 750 expressions of one church in the city of Ottawa. And I want to declare that bread represents not just God meeting our physical needs, not just God meeting our spiritual needs, but it represents the body of Christ. And I want to read to you another cool verse that's here. And this other verse is found in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the breaking of bread is symbolic of fellowshipping together. But there's one more thing that bread represents. And there's another need that it represents, your eternal need. And I want to show you in John chapter 6, after Jesus fed the 5,000 with just a couple of loaves of bread, and then Jesus fed the 5,000 with a few fish, and it multiplied, and he fed them. He made this statement in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. And there was a whole bunch of sayings that Jesus gave, I'm the resurrection of the life, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Then one day Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Here's another question. What what town or what village was Jesus born in? Shout it out. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Do you know what the name Bethlehem means? It means house of bread. I want you to think about it. Jesus, the bread of life, was born in the house of bread, Bethlehem, so that he can bring life to your house. Jesus is the bread of life. And then he said in verse verse 48 of John 6, I am the bread of life. He said it again. And then he said in verse 51, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. How many people are glad that God left heaven and came to earth as the bread of life? And whoever is hungry can experience life in the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Luke 22, 19, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's put it together. Bread teaches us that God meets our physical needs. He's our provider. Bread teaches us that God meets our spiritual needs. He gives us a fresh word every single day, spiritual food. Bread represents that he meets our relational needs. I need you. You need me, sir. You're my brother, ma'am. You're my sister. We got the same heavenly father. We're a part of the family of God. How many people are glad that we're a part of the family of God? Come on. How many people are glad that we're a part of the family, the family of God? We're doing life together as a family. And bread represents our eternal need, Jesus is the bread of life. Put your hands together and give a clap offering of praise to Jesus, the bread of life. Now, I want to take you for a couple of moments to some teaching. And I want to talk to you about what does it mean when you pray this prayer of dependence? What does it mean when you pray, give us today our daily bread? Three things. The first thing it means that you're seeing God as your source of everything. I mean, every, everything that you have is because of God. You thought that you got your job, but God got you your job. Some of you think, I got the house for a good deal. No, God made a way. God is the master real estate agent, amen. 
God is the one that makes a way. He is the source of everything in your life. Let me show you four things. Write this in your notes. Everything, every good thing, number one, is a gift from God. James teaches us every good, perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And then there's number two. Oh, man, I love saying this. There's nothing you need that God cannot provide. Do you believe that today? There's nothing that you need that God cannot provide. He doesn't meet your greeds, but he meets your needs. He doesn't meet your greeds, but he meets your needs. My God, my God can meet every need that I have. Evelyn and I met when we were in Bible college, and she chased me. It was horrible, awful. Just chased me. And I, no, actually, I chased her, and eventually she said yes. And I was working in a grocery store and working at a church for one year and making a little bit of money. It's all cool. Then I put a ring on her finger. We get married. And we become full-time at the church. And now we're full-time at the church. And my full-time pay at the church was less than I'm making with the two part-time jobs. And now I'm married paying a real rent. How many people know God still met our needs? How many people know God still met our You see, I've learned wherever you put him first, God blesses. And we've always given our tithe to the Lord. And when you tithe to the Lord, he takes that 90% and stretches it farther than the 100%. Some of us today are like, man, there's a lot more month at the end of that paycheck. How many people know when you put God first, he meets all your needs. And you look at your bank account and go, I don't get this. And the natural doesn't make sense. But how many people know God meets every single need that you have in your life? And we got to understand that he is the source of meeting our needs. Number three, God wants to give it. God wants to bless you. Number three, God wants to give it. Matthew seven eleven. if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to bless you. God wants to give it. And then number four, I love this one, God is waiting on you. I mean, can you imagine that God is just waiting for us to ask? He's waiting on us to ask him. James 4, 2, you don't have. Because you don't ask. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. John chapter 14, 13. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ask, and you will receive. Number one, God is the source of everything. Give us today our daily bread. Then there's number two, and this is a tougher one. Trusting him for today. Give us Today, our daily branch. And sometimes it's hard to trust them when, you, when you're living in, in this sense of where, where is it? Life's not going well. Trusting him for today. Now, I want to give you four quick things. And the first one, to be honest, is a tough one. And I, I'm, I'm just gonna, you're going to write it in your notes. Then I'm going to ask you a question. We need to, number one, worry about nothing. Don't worry about anything. Here's the question. Anybody here ever worried about something in your life? Five people lifted their hands in first service. I expect a lot more transparency in the second service. How many people have ever worried about something before? Come on. Sure you have. Now, put your hand down. Don't lift your hand up. Anybody broken that commandment already today? You've worried about something already today? Sure you have. Worry plagues us. Now, we've got children. They're growing up. I mean, they're in their 20s. Our son's 30. But can you imagine when they were real young, if our daughter, one of our daughters or our son came to us and they're like four years old and said, Daddy, I'm really worried about that mortgage payment. How are you going to pay that mortgage payment? Mommy, what are we going to eat for supper? I'd be insulted. I mean, I look at I got this, man. Don't worry about it. I'm your dad. 
I'll take care of the mortgage. I'll make sure that there's food in your tummy. I want to declare to you, worry is almost like an expression of practical atheism. It's like you're not believing that there's God. If you believe there's a God, He is your provider, and He will provide for you, and He will take care of you, and there's nothing that you need to worry about that your God can't take care of, because your God is your provider. He is your source of everything. So you need to, you need to understand very clearly that our God teaches us not to worry about nothing. Number two, pray about everything. 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 Pray about everything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Learning to pray about everything. And then there's number three. I love this. Thank God, not for all things, but in all things. I mean, the devil wants you to become thankless, but how many people know we need to grow in becoming thankful people because the Lord, the Lord is good at all times. His mercies are new every morning. Paul said, but in every situation with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Then there's number four. Think about the right things. Focus your thoughts on the good things. It's really easy to look at the negative things. It's really good to look at the bad things. I mean, this morning, I I put on my headset, and I broke it again. And I put it on, and they fixed it. And Pastor Brad, it was crackling in first service, and and you had to take it. Now i got to hold on to this handheld, and I feel lost. Anybody got an elastic band? I just want to attach this microphone to my head. make it like a headset because I'm, I'm not used to walking around with a microphone. It really feels awkward for me. But, but here's the good news. I might have broke the headset, but I didn't lose it. Come on, isn't that good? I didn't lose it because I've lost headset parts before, and it's cost you a lot of money because your pastor has lost something. So you turn to your neighbor and say, thank you, Jesus, that our pastor didn't lose a part of the headset. We, we're having a good day. Amen. We're having a good day. Amen. I mean, you gotta, we got to learn to focus on the good. Finally, brothers, sisters, Philippians 4, 8, 9, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. It's really easy to get negative. Oh, the leaves look beautiful. I said, yeah, but they're going to fall. <laughs> and the snow is going to come. And it's going to be a long, hard winter. Yeah, but the leaves look beautiful outside. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, how many people know we need to give God thanks in all circumstances? Come on, is there a little witness in the house this morning? we got to give God thanks. Number three is so practical. We need to learn to share whatever he supplies. I mean, we teach that to our kids. they got one cookie, and all their friends come over. Daddy, can we have a cookie for a friend? No. Share what you got with your friends. And when we start talking generosity, some people go, I've, I've got nothing to give. It's not how much you have. It's what you have that you're willing to share. I mean, I mean, we share whatever he supplies. And probably, if I'm honest, the hardest part of this prayer of dependence is give us today our daily bread. Us, our. And I want to leave you with a couple of things here. Number one. What God gives to you, he wants to give through you. He doesn't want us to be a cup that takes and contains. He wants us to be a funnel that reaches out and blesses others. And I've learned that the more I bless, the more God blesses me. 
I mean, God doesn't bless me so that I can keep. God blesses me so that I can give. I mean, I mean, some of the challenges in the world today, when we think of countries where, where there's lack of food, there's, there might be a lack of food there, but there's enough food on planet Earth to feed every single person on planet Earth. And sometimes we North Americans, we live in such a shelter that we forget how blessed we are. How many people know we are blessed Canadians? Come on. We are, we are, we are so blessed. And here we are in a church in the suburbs of Ottawa, and God has given us affluence so that we can have influence. I want to read to you 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, 11, and 12. Listen to this. Paul said, now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread, there's the word bread, for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Let those words sink in. He'll supply, and he'll increase, and he'll enlarge. Look at verse 11. So that you can keep it and spend it on yourself. Does it say that? No. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Number two, I've learned this. When you meet the needs of others... God always takes care of your needs. Always. God will never leave the righteous begging for bread. God meets your every need. Every single day. All the time. I tell you, He never misses a beat. He's our God. I was reading Isaiah 58. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? Provide provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. There's the spirit of generosity. And when you live out that spirit of generosity, look at verse 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. That's the favor of God. And your healing will quickly appear. God brings healing in every area of your life. And then your righteousness will go before you. The righteous God guards you and protects you. And then you're going to call on the Lord. And the Lord will answer. And you will cry for help. And he will say, here am I. But then there's number three, and I've learned this is true. Whatever, whatever you give to God, he multiplies. He takes it and he multiplies it. Now, I'm going to show you Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1. It's a confusing verse, to be honest with you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Cast your bread upon the waters, and you will find it after many days. So can you imagine if we take this loaf of bread, and we're going to go to the Ottawa River, and we're going to cast it on the water, And I'm going to come back a few days later looking for it because the Bible says if you cast your bread on the water, I mean, that's what the word of the Lord says. You'll find it after many days. I need to tell you, if you physically throw your bread in the water, all you're going to get is soggy bread. That's not what it means. Have you ever heard the expression, I'm pulling your leg? First time I heard it, I thought, no, you're not pulling my leg. And then I realized that's not what it means. I was a young boy. And my mom's here this morning. Would you welcome my mom to the house this morning? She's here this morning. And she may not know this story. But mom, when I was just a young boy, I walked up to our pastor and I said to him, what school pastor did you go to? And I was like nine years old, maybe eight. He looked at me and said, son, I went to the school of hard knocks. I thought that there was a school called hard knocks. And I wanted to enroll someday in the school of hard knocks. Now, you all know that there's no school called hard knocks. It's an expression. 
I'm pulling your leg simply means I'm kidding you. Casting your bread upon the water and it will return to you is an ancient Hebrew expression that means whatever you give to God, he's going to multiply and he's going to bring back more than you gave so you can be a greater blessing. I don't know about you. I want to be a church that is casting our bread upon the water. I want to show you a couple more scriptures here. Then I want to show you a few pictures and share with you a couple stories In John chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Jesus took the loaves. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Little boy comes with a few fish, a couple of bread, gives them to Jesus. Jesus takes them, and he gave thanks. He blessed it. Then he distributed to those who were seated, and, and also the fish, as much as they wanted. I mean, there was so much food that there was so much left over, and it started with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Proverbs eleven twenty four. one man gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. I want to show you a few pictures and tell you a few stories now. Do you remember we did the backpack drive in September? We challenged everybody to get a backpack, fill it with school supplies. Do you remember doing that? You people were so generous that you gave so many backpacks filled with stuff that we were able to bless every boy and girl in Morrison Gardens down the street, every boy and girl at Dunbar Court on the other side of the police station. But get ready for this. There was so much money left over from what you gave, you just spontaneously and freely gave. We met with Keith Eglai, our ward counselor, and said, we got all this leftover money for children. What are the needs in our community? Put the first picture on the screen. There's a school just around the corner, Manordale Public School. You might have children that go there. And they say in many of their classes, there's boys and girls with sensory needs. They can't focus. I mean, they just got so many needs that they, they now need to buy a bike for them that doesn't make sounds so that the child can sit on the bike and pedal and burn off their energy and hear the lesson. And now that child can be taught and now all the other 25 children can hear the lesson, but they have no money for it. We brought a check for $1,000 to Manordale Public School to buy them one of those bikes. Come on. So that those children can be blessed. But there's more. I mean, I mean, there's more. Let me show you the next picture. The next picture, there's, there's a food bank in, in this area of Ottawa that serves thousands of homes. And we were able this week to bring a check for $1,000 to a local food bank so they can stock their shelves to buy food for families who are in need. Come on, that's because of your generosity. Come on, isn't that so cool? That's absolutely so cool. Let's put the next slide up on the screen. The next slide. That's, that's Dunbar Court, just on the other side of the police station. And some of those children on Wednesday nights come now to our junior high ministry or to our children's ministry, but they have an after-school program to help the children. By the way, they said, if you've got people who are bilingual that can help with the after-school program, we'd love for them to come. If you're interested, contact the church office. There's a process to do this. But we wrote them a check, I think, for $1,000 to help the after-school program at Dunbar Court. And the lady with tears in her eyes said, you guys are the best. Your church means so much to our neighborhood. That's the kind of church I want to pastor, a church that is a blessing to the neighborhood. One year ago, a tornado sweeps through this area, and they've now started in Craig Henry, just, just right to the north of our church, the Craig Henry Association. 
and they started programs for children. And we were able to write a check. You'll see it on the screen. I think it was for $750 to give to the Craig Henry Association to help their children. That's because of your generosity. Now, this is Thanksgiving Sunday. In just a couple of moments, I'm going to bring a friend on the platform. Just a little bit. We're going to take up a special Thanksgiving offering. We've talked about it for weeks. But I want to show you on the screen Arlington Woods Free Methodist Church. They're not our competition. We're doing life together to reach Ottawa for Jesus Christ. Remember, one church, but 750 expressions, they're an expression. Now, with the board's blessing, I, by faith, I, by faith, took a check for $10,000 to that church a few weeks ago. Now, look, look at the roof. It's all blown off. And insurance bought them and paid for a new roof. But they've started to remodel. Show the next slide. They're remodeling that Christian Ed Wing to make it more conducive for the next generation in the unchurched. I don't know how many people worship there. I'm going to say 175 people. It's not a large church. But their church has pledged and committed. You're going to be surprised when I tell you this. Over $900,000 to that project. Come on, we need to celebrate what God's doing there. Come on, that's powerful. But I'm going to show you a clip with the pastor's blessing. I went there two weeks ago between our two services, gave a little greeting, and then I surprised them with the check of $10,000. Watch the reaction. Here it is. I just want you to know that we value doing kingdom work together that we as a church wanted to present to your church a check for $10,000. We just want to sow a seed into what God is doing. We want to let you know we believe in you and we believe in you as a church. And we want God's destiny, God's plans to Amen. be fulfilled in its future. It's just a small way of us saying, here's something to put towards the building program. May God multiply greatly. Come on, isn't that worth celebrating? Isn't that great? That's Pastor Mike and Pastor, Pastor Mike and Julie, incredible couple doing a great work because of your generosity. Several years ago, we made a shift because for the past number of years on Thanksgiving, we took up a special offering for our debt reduction for our, for our mortgage. And we walked into this building in 2007, and God's been doing some amazing things. Look around. It's a long weekend. There's many people away, but there's still a lot of people in the house this morning. Amen. And, and we stepped to a project approximately $10.5 million. And if we stay on track, you need to know we've never missed a mortgage payment and we've been able to put in our budget this year and next year an extra $300,000 to make the extra payment right from our budget. And if we stay on track in two and a half years, there will only be $400,000 left on our mortgage. And I can't wait till that mortgage is paid in full so we can do more in our community and more for the kingdom of the living God. And we felt the Lord say to us, We've helped the Lord say to us, live out the scriptures that we've been preaching on, that we need to open our hands and be a blessing and watch what God takes care. So last year, I want to show you a picture, the next slide. These are the doors at Vanier Community Church that you paid for. You gave an offering above your tithes on Thanksgiving Sunday for $67,000. Come on, $67,000. 
And that church is in the Harlem of our city. And they're reaching the drug addicts, the prostitutes. They're doing a powerful work for the kingdom of God. We have sent teams down there to help them do ministry. You fill two pods full of clothes in January. And people are going down and helping. You're going to hear more of how we can help. But I want to show you the next slide. They've got new doors, but the stairs, see how messed up they are? They're tearing them down, and they're redoing them. And I'm believing God for $32,000 to cover for those stairs. And we want to stay in partnership with Vanier Community Church. Somebody say amen. All right, Travis, come on up, buddy. This is Travis Blackmore. I want you to give a shout-out. Welcome to our friend, Travis Blackmore. (laughs) Travis and I look so much alike. I thought if I cut my hair like yours, it would be over. Long hair up top, I'd be bald. You know, there's nothing there. Anyhow. I love you, buddy, and I first met you at a credential interview, and I saw very quickly your tender heart for God, and your, your wife, Jessica, is here with your children, and your mom is here, and we welcome your family today, but Travis, you're a credential holder with the Pentecostal Sons of Canada, and he's starting in 2020 a church right beside Ottawa University. How many students attend Ottawa University? 42,000 students. So I'm believing that you're going to have a church of 42,000 people. Is that all right? That's what I'm believing for. Hallelujah. So why on earth would you leave Kingston and come to Ottawa and start a church at the Ottawa University? Why would you do that? I asked myself the same question before. Uh, However, the stats are quite staggering from... Kids that leave high school and go to university that are grown up in church, approximately 70% of those students walk away from the way they were raised. And to us, my wife, my family, that's uh, something we want to try to back that number down, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, to give students somewhere they can go when sometimes there is nowhere to go. And to keep that faith on track is something that we want to do. There's a call of God on your life, Travis. And uh, I know you're nervous. And this dream is a lot bigger than you. I know it is. But you need to hear me, church. God dreams are always bigger than a person. Do you want a man dream or a God dream? Do you want a woman dream or a God dream? If you can make it happen on your own, it's probably not a God dream. A God dream is a dream that will only happen if God shows up. Are you with me today? And I, I want to be a church that is all about God dreams. And I really believe that God has called you, Jessica, your wife, and your family to this city for such time as this. And in 2020, they are starting a church at the Ottawa University that we want to come alongside and believe that God would bless. Now, one of your great needs that is freaking you out is that audio-visual sound system. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you guys have such a fantastic facility here, and what a great team you guys have. Uh, in order to put on a presentation or, or a Sunday morning church that's going to reach that, we've been looking at a production system that uh, honestly can get up in over 100,000 very, very fast, as I'm sure you're well aware of. Uh, we have been able to source one for just under 30,000. 
and we've been running ahead with this project, uh, about 30 people on the launch team, and we're just believing God is going to do something incredible for us to be able to reach that campus. Pastor Travis, we've been talking about this for a number of weeks. You didn't know this the first service, but we're believing God that we're going to pay in full for that $28,000 sound system, audiovisual system, to lift that burden. <laughs> we, we want to see that happen. And we want to pray for you, so extend your hands towards this man. Father, I thank you for Pastor Travis. I thank you for his wife, Jessica. You've brought them to this city for such a time as this. I know that there's a call of God upon this man. You have uniquely designed him and made him and created him. I watch him and I see him. And I know that he is made for this, this ministry. And I know, God, that you have you planted him at the Ottawa University. And I believe, God, he's the right man at the right time in the right place. And we pray for a great harvest of souls in the Ottawa University. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray every financial need he has would be met. And now, God, we pray by faith every dollar for this sound system and audiovisual system will be raised. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and honor this man. Come on, honor. This is kingdom work. And we're going to, in just a couple of moments, Pastor Brad, worship team, come on up. In a couple of moments, we're going to worship in giving. And we've set a goal of $70,000. $10,000 already gone to Arlington Woods. So I've already done that. We're believing for $32,000 for the Steps for Vanier and $20,000 for the O Church here in our city. A $70,000 goal. Let me just be up front. People have already given. $7,500 has already come in. And we're believing that we're going to see the entire amount given today and over the next few Sundays. So if you're writing a check today, you can make it to Woodvale Pentecostal Church. You can write on it, Thanksgiving offering. This is our Thanksgiving offering. It's not going to our debt reduction. It's going to our community outside of these walls. And after our service, there is a debit machines in the lobby. If you want to use them, you can go online to our church website. But I want us to pray. Father God, Evelyn and I are so honored to pastor a church that functions and flows in generosity. God, I'm grateful that we've got a heart for the nations, but we also have a heart for our Jerusalem, our city. And I thank you, God, that we can partner with the O Church, and we can partner with Vanier Community Church, and we come alongside Arlington Woods Free Methodist Church. And I pray that generosity in the house would flow in the name of the Lord. And I pray that you would take what we give and use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. Thank you for this generous church. Thank you for the privilege of giving. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now, I put ours in in first service because we wanted to be a part of this. And, honey, I couldn't wait for second service. I had to do it in first service. And I made the ushers come right to me first because I wanted to be the first to give. Ushers, come on down. Come on down, church. Let generosity flow. Brad, lead us in a song as we worship in giving.
everyone would stand right now if you're seated would you stand and I want to invite you to bow your heads close your eyes before I even close this service on this Thanksgiving Sunday I need to ask everyone in this place this morning a very honest but direct question and the question is if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven. Going to church doesn't get you to heaven. It's good to come to church. Giving in an offering doesn't get you to heaven, but it's good to give in the offering. Reading the Bible doesn't get you to heaven, but it's great to read the Bible. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And my question to everyone this morning, from youngest to eldest in these final moments, was there a time, a moment, that you personally asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior? You asked Him into your life. You asked Him to forgive you of your sins. Who can forgive you your sins? Jesus. He died on a cross for you. They put him in a grave, but on the third day, He was raised alive. Jesus lives today. And the way to an eternal life in heaven is asking Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior.
In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to respond. And in fact, I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. And by raising your hand in a couple of moments, you're letting me know, Pastor Mark, I want to be led in a prayer to ask Jesus to be the center of my life. I want to be ready for heaven. I want Christ to come into my life. I want to experience salvation by grace. So our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And I, I want you to be praying right now because I believe there's a number of people in this second morning service that, that you're going to respond because you want Christ to be the center of your life. You want to be ready for heaven. So I'm going to count the three. And after I count the three, if you'd like to be included and led in this prayer to ask Jesus to be the center of your life because you want to be ready for heaven, you want Jesus to come into your life, you, you want to experience salvation. After I count to three, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want you to lift your hand. Then you can put it down. Then I'm going to lead you in this prayer. So one, two, three. If that's you, you just lift your hand right now as high as you can. High as you can. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for the many that are lifting their hands. Thank you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. If you lifted your hand, I want to lead you in this prayer. And we're going to join you as you pray. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I ask you into my life. I ask you into please my life. forgive me of my sins. Me of my sins. I, have I have decided to follow Jesus. I make my peace with you. Today, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I receive you in my life. I, in my I life. pray this now pray. in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your eyes. It's party time. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, Woodville. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate salvations. There's a lot of people that lifted their hand. There's a lot of people that accepted Jesus Christ in their life today. And if you prayed that prayer, you made the best decision of your life. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, how many at Woodville would be honored if they joined us in the journey? Amen. We'd be honored if you joined us in the journey. And on your way out this morning, in the main lobby is a big word, follow. Friendly people there. We got a Bible for you. It's free. We got a little booklet for you. It's free. We can tell you. We can help you in your new faith journey. And if you're not part of a Connect group, we got house groups all across the city. Go to the Connect wall. If you're interested in serving, go to the Serve wall. If you're our guest, can we one more time give it up for all our guests and thank them for coming today? I, I really hope, guests, that you drop by the guest lounge. We want to bless you with a coffee card. And we want to make a donation on your behalf to the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. Well, happy Thanksgiving, folks. I want to lead us in prayer. And after I pray, Pastor, just lead in the song. And Father, thank you for everyone that has come this morning. It's been a great morning. Thank you, God, for the generosity of this church. Thank you for Pastor Travis and his family. We just pray blessing on them in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, you give everybody a great Thanksgiving Sunday and a great holiday Monday. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you.